Protectors of the Wood episode series. Episode 14. More news. Sule looked at Abby and Nico. So how do we start? I won't be calm until we have a plan. Abby's mind was buzzing like a beehive in midsummer. Let's eat for a minute while I think. It's my treat, so eat as much as you can. And, by the way, I have to be out of here in just a half an hour to meet Glenda at the church. So there's only so much we can do right now. Ah, you're going to stay. You're going back to the cottage? Definitely. I need to catch up fast. How much can we talk about in the youth council meeting? I asked Phoebe. We knew that was the problem. Sule and I can keep secrets. We have a pack, but... Some other people, they don't know what's a secret and what's not. So we pretend not to know things. But it's all to our advantage, don't you see? People think we're young and immature and don't know much. But it makes it easier for us to find out stuff. Hmm... So we can't discuss everything at the youth council meeting. Abby took a few bites of her sandwich and a swallow of coffee. Nico began to eat. Sule looked at her watch and then leaned forward and whispered, We've got something you need to know now. Go for it. Since you're going back to the church, you might have heard that the old stalkers are gone. But there are new ones with the new way of working. Ugh. I was afraid of that. Who are the new ones? We just got onto this the last couple of days. Nico surveyed the front, and I kept an eye on the back, especially at night. She looked at Nico. They've got this new guy. Totally different. A whole different act. He's young, like your age. And kind of works for Scudder, helping old people carry their groceries and making deliveries. And sometimes, he's in the Middletown Standard office, doing who knows what. He takes pictures of nothing in particular, and he watches the churchyard gate on a sneak, through the window of the Standard, or from Scudder's. Nico looked back at Sule. Okay, at night and sometimes during the day, People walk by the back of the churchyard and look through the metal door. Waste time, walk away, come back, walk away, come back. Then a different person does the same thing. They're adults, but they dress like farmers or workers of some sort, but they're not that. They've got too much time to waste and no reason to be walking around back there. At night, they dress in black and try to be invisible. It's very hard to get a good picture of them because I don't want to let on that I'm watching them. Oh! Abby put her hand over her mouth. People are turning their heads. I've got to be quiet, but you two are fabulous. Beautifully done. I'm lucky to have assistance. We've got to meet again as soon as possible. I want to know how this internship works what Sarah's supposed to do, what I'm supposed to do for your school, and how you get paid. 
I'm sure I'll see the guy in front soon, but let me know if anything unusual happens. And stick to your idea of hiding from the guys in back. The main thing I want to know about them is if they can open the metal door or climb over the wall or get a camera up over the wall. I'll see you both tonight. Just follow my lead about what to talk about in the meeting. Mostly, I want to listen. But here's the thing. She leaned forward and looked them both in the eye. I'm in this with you now. I understand. I love what you've put together. And this is not going to be over in a day. It will last a long time. Be slow and careful. And let's try to meet again tomorrow afternoon. Sarah's coming tomorrow. She wants to talk to you. And we'll be in the churchyard after one when I get off work. Oh, that's perfect. See if she'll do an interview with me. Reverend Tuck says I have to do one, and I'd like Sarah. Oh, yes. Sule's thumbs were already typing. Sarah will like this. I need a job. You've got a job already, with me. Sarah's paying and I'm sharing. Abby blew them a kiss. One more thing. Have you seen George? Sule and Nico looked at each other. We're not supposed to tell. But you can keep a secret. George is with Sarah at the college, but it's only a secret that he's staying with Sarah. Everyone knows he's in Evansville. The whole band is there. They have work. They're on the college radio station now. Oh. I should have known. Thanks, and see you at the toy store at 8. Tell the others I'm here to stay. She grabbed her bike and rode across the soccer field to Stable Lane. Abby decided that the time had come for her to enter the churchyard by the front gate and risk being bothered by reporters or seen by stalkers. People would hear of her return sooner or later anyway. She took a left on Old Stone Road, a right on Bridge Avenue, and in a moment came to a stop at the gate. No one was there. She resisted the impulse to scan the area and rode up the churchyard path. Glenda was waiting on the bench in the shade of the maple trees. They walked over to the cottage, and Abby stored her bike in the tool shed. Let's just walk around as we talk. I have to fill you in on a few things. As they strolled slowly down to Birdwatcher's path, up through the privet fort and back to the bench, Abby shared the details of her struggle with the stalkers and the break-in and possible bugging of her cottage. Glenda was shocked. Even though she had read the papers and seen Sule and Nico's photos and videos. It's also awful. Glenda was clearly shaken by recent events. I've been talking to Ellen and we're fed up. She says she'll refuse to become a trustee even if the bishop declares the election in her favor. She already told Tuck. And Tiny's grandparents are leaving the church to join some other church in Half Moon. They want me to quit also, and even remove Tiny from the preschool. And with Kayla getting sick, it's been frightening. I don't know what to do. 
Tiny is not going to tolerate losing her friends. It would devastate both of us. How is Kayla? It was scary at the beginning, last Sunday night. This high fever came over Kayla very suddenly and got up to 103 and a half. She kept throwing up. Ellen took her to the emergency room in the middle of the night. The doctor said it might be this new flu. They call it the summer flu because they just discovered it a month ago in River City. Apparently people have died from it and they don't have a good treatment. It's a brand new strain. Dr. Baer said a specialist from River City has been warning the hospitals all around. Abby bit her tongue and waited. And then wouldn't you know, the next day Kayla's temperature went down to normal. And a day later, they released her from the hospital, saying it wasn't the flu after all, just a 24-hour virus. Kayla's been annoyed to be kept inside and wanting to go back to school. She's so happy to see Tiny today. They went off talking about you and all that's happened, happy as could be. What a relief. Thank God. With all these other things to worry about, at least that's one thing off the list. How are you dealing with your in-laws? I'm a real coward. I wouldn't give them a straight answer. I said I can't change my school schedule with my summer classes just ending and the regular school year beginning in a week. I'm desperate to finish and become a teacher. I won't skip a semester. But they offered to find another daycare and even drive Tiny to Half Moon every day. I burst into tears and became hysterical. They had to calm me down and said we'd discuss it again at a better time. There is no better time. Abby bit her tongue again. She could tell Glenda wasn't finished. But you know what? I applied for a scholarship last spring and I found out last week that I won it. They're paying my tuition this coming year and I'm taking more credits. Oh, Glenda. Abby gave her a hug. They were sitting on the bench under the maples. The bright sun was moving toward the west, shining into the yard from Bridge Avenue. A fresh breeze was cooling off the heat of the day. It doesn't really help me much, though. My in-laws still own the house I live in. They pay for the daycare. Tiny's father pays our cash expenses, food and gas. And I don't know what he'll think of all of this. I called him in tears and he's coming in tonight for a visit. I just need to calm down before he arrives. I'm so confused. Abby felt it was time to say something, anything. But she had nothing to offer. She knew so little about Glenda's relationship to Tiny's father. She wasn't even sure whether they were still married. Any idea what he'll think of this problem? Does he have any influence with his parents? I think so. Maybe. I don't know. That whole side of the family has gone crazy over the last few months. This election and that mob scene in church have been the last straw. It's like they really want to attack you. For what? Tiny loves you. I just can't take it anymore. Glenda began to sob. The world has gone crazy. She mumbled through her fingers, covering her face. This climate change thing that Reverend Tuck started has driven them over the edge. And my husband, he's always tried to placate them. 
I think he moved out of here and left us just to get away from them. He's like jelly when he talks to them. They hold money over his head like a baseball bat. I thought he has a job with Owen's apples. He does, but he can't buy my house. He's not going to come back and live with us. And I don't think he'll take a stand. All his other relatives and his boss and his boss's boss, they all think like his parents. They make me feel like a terrible person, a bad mother. They think you're a devil or something. Tiny still cries about it at night, Abby. What am I going to do? Thanks for listening. Episode 15 is coming soon. To hear all the episodes, please visit us at www.protectorsofthewood.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram by going to at Protectors of the Wood book series. Bitter cold on the darkest night And the wind swept through the town There was screaming in the labor room And nurses all around With your big round eyes and solemn face You were light as a feather Dreams we dream Dreams we dream together The city blocks had people there I remember now their names In Middletown Crimbledy Trimble and his friends all still remain As the nights ran by, the story grew as deep and dark as a river. The dreams we dream together. The dreams we dream together. The children appeared on the field one day. It was a bright September morn. They found adventure waiting there, and a brand new world was born. It was a world I knew and could share with you, and wish could live forever. The dreams we dream together. so wide made of people not of things a city all outside that all who heard could see it there with life that lives forever the dreams we dream 
lives forever. Together.